It's Friday, getting you set for the weekend. And man, the football is going to be good. At least we sure hope so. Saturday and Sunday in the NFL Divisional Playoffs, 875-KTGR. You can tell us who you got for Chiefs Bills this weekend. And here to get the Vegas perspective on these games, our good friend Rob Vino over at wagertalk.com. Sports from a Vegas perspective. You can find him at Rob Vino Sports and read his work over at wagertalk.com. Robbie, what's up? How are you today, Andy? I'm doing good. Man, I hope you're staying warm over there uh, and getting ready for uh, this big weekend. Man, the Chiefs and Bills are going to uh, be really intriguing uh, with how uh, it's setting up for both teams, the Bills with some of the injuries that they're dealing with, and then, of course, all of the uh, conjecture over Patrick Mahomes going on the road in the playoffs for the first time. I wonder how it mixes all together and how you sort of see it uh, with with what the lead up has been to this game. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I mean, obviously the line would indicate that it would be the most fifty fifty game of all of the ones that are going to be played this weekend, less than a field goal at home being laid by the Bills. Um, you know, as in a couple other games here, we have a earlier contest to kind of draw drawn of this the famous infamous Kadarius Tony game if you're a Chiefs fan. Uh but it's interesting, Andy, all the thing and it sounds simplistic, right? It's hard to dig into this one and find anything that you could say that maybe somebody doesn't know already. Uh it's interesting from the Buffalo standpoint because despite all of the injuries that they've suffered and they suffered more last week against Pittsburgh um, Sean McDermott's been able to get that defense to play pretty well, and they played pretty well against Kansas City the first time around in Arrowhead. But at some point, you wonder if that defense just doesn't break. Um, this is where you know you have to be a little proactive if you believe that the Chiefs' offense can perform better. Then you're probably on that side because you would figure that they can take advantage of this Buffalo defense somewhat. Um, if you're of the thought process that the road in that venue is going to be a little bit difficult for the Chiefs, then you're probably on the Buffalo side with Josh Allen. I find it the toughest game of all the handicap from side in total. If I had to, and I didn't play it right now, I would probably lean Buffalo at home less than a field goal, um, figuring that this thing will be tight into the fourth quarter and at some point in time. Um, maybe the Buffalo home field does take its toll and play an advantage here, but it's, it's difficult. I mean, with all four games being played this week and that to me really was the one that I still can't on Friday afternoon here, bring myself to speak with any conviction one way or the other. When it comes to the other three games, Robbie, the, the spreads on those are a little bit more robust. But do you see an underdog out of the, the other three teams, the Bucks, the Packers and the Texans? that could surprise people this weekend or, or kind of how do you see if there was one of those that you thought they're kind of interesting to me in terms of an underdog uh, that could potentially make some noise? Yeah, I don't think it's Tampa. Um, I don't think it's green Bay. So I guess, you know, any of them, let's put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them win because that's the way the NFL is, but I don't believe any of them will win. If I had to, put some stock in one, I would probably say Houston. Um, and I know the standard line right now when what everybody saw last was C.J. Stroud. I would say this. They played real early in the year, first week of the season. 
a couple of things happened. And Lamar Jackson and Baltimore didn't look good offensively, but they were adjusting to the brand-new offense. And they didn't look good offensively for a little bit to start the season until it finally kicked in. On the other side of the coin, Houston, brand-new head coach first game, brand-new coaching staff, brand-new quarterback, a whole mess of things were brand-new for Houston, and they were you know, playing a very tough Ravens team, and things have changed for them too. I think what I saw last week, guys, Cleveland went out and scored two touchdowns on their first two drives against the Houston Texans, and it looked like, well, it's going to be much of the same. They put up 36 against them a couple of weeks ago, and here they are with 14 right away. But D'Amico Ryans is one of the elite defensive minds in the league and found a way to adjust and shut Cleveland off for the remainder of the contest. And I just wonder, from that standpoint, if D'Amico Ryan's going over tape of that first game can't find somehow, some way to keep Baltimore um, a little bit. You know, they were pretty quiet in that first game, but somewhat in check as opposed to what people think that they're going to do in this game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, all the rage right now, that offense, all the rage right now. Maybe he can do enough to slow him down to get within that nine-and-a-half range. Whether or not they can win uh, on this field against this team is, you know, up in the air. But, you know, as far as covering a point spread goes out of those three, I I think I would have to look toward Houston. That's the interesting angle for me, too, Robbie. And just thinking about, like I said when the bracket came out, to me, if this game ends up taking place, Stroud versus Lamar, it could be kind of the shootout instant classic of the playoffs if both of those quarterbacks get going. But that's an interesting point you bring up about how D'Amico Ryans might be able to uh, mitigate some of Lamar Jackson's ability with that Ravens offense. I know you're a totals guy. Typically, we see the underdog and in, in the under sort of correlate. But could this be an example where you say, yeah, I think Houston could keep it close because both sides are going to do some scoring. That's I, I know you love your totals, and so is this a game where you'd look over, or do you kind of buy into that narrative of maybe the adjustment happens and the Ravens you know, are, are able to, to kind of win the game but win it ugly? Yeah, I think both can be true, um, because 27-17 in this instance would get you to the window to cash, um, and that's not an outrageously high-scoring game. It's been driven all the way down to 43-and-a-half. I think, you know, early in the week, guys, when this number tumbled a little bit as far as total is concerned, there was a lot of talk of 20-plus mile-an-hour winds and a dome team coming to play in the cold. But I think we found over the years that the cold isn't really the issue with a lot of these teams. Um, wind is an issue, and the winds now projected to be only around 12, 13 miles an hour. Yeah, two of the strongest armed quarterbacks in the league. So I don't think wind plays a role. I don't think the cold plays a role, even though Houston's a dome team. I think what's probably a bigger role um, where the where the Ravens are concerned is the fact that they're going to be missing uh, starting cornerback Marlon Humphrey for this game, and you've got C.J. Stroud throwing the football. That's not good if you're Baltimore. So, again, I think both can be true, uh, Brandon. I think that Ryans can make some adjustments. I think that uh, it might – those two things might neutralize each other because now Baltimore has a really good grasp of that offense brought in by Todd Munkin. 27-17, as I mentioned, is right around what the odds maker is telling you, a nine-and-a-half point game and 43-and-a-half. And tell you the truth, I don't think that's that far. Pitch defense is here. 
could actually provide points one way or the other. Um, Lamar Jackson has a habit of turning it over in the playoffs. I don't think we can rule that out. And when D'Amico Ryan's got Will Anderson and a couple other defenders back last week, they look like a different pass rush unit. So we'll see. But I do think over is probably the right way to play that game. Very interesting. Rob Vino of WagerTalk.com with us on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. You know, over on the NFC side, Robbie, it's it's fascinating to where the Lions are to the point where I believe at, at six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Bucks, I believe that's the largest favorite they have ever been in a playoff game. It's kind of it's kind of ridiculous how how how, how much it's uh, lined up for them. But, man, it, it seems they're deserving of that role with uh, the opponent they have and uh, the way that they withstood that last test against the Rams. I mean, it, they held up in the end, and it showed. Yeah, they did, and they, they managed to somehow force the Rams into field goals rather than touchdowns, right, because the Rams are up and down the field every single time they touch the ball. They just couldn't turn drives into sevens rather than threes, and it winds up being the difference because Detroit is the team that went a little dry second half as far as offense is concerned. I think that, what was that, 21-17 at halftime, right? They had 38 points already and then only three field goals in that second half. But this is a different deal here. Um, Tampa Bay obviously going to be on a short work week. Tampa Bay obviously played a an opponent that is nowhere close to where Detroit is right now. The way that the Eagles fell over the course of the last six weeks, I think we saw it Monday night, can't play defense, had really zero threats on offense other than Devontae Smith was the only place they could go for anything, um, couldn't pass protect. But some of those things just aren't going to happen for Tampa Bay in this game. I mean, they're not just going to be – Todd Bowles isn't going to be able to sit back and say we're going to blitz Jared Goff every play um, because when you boil football down to its simplest form, still, guys, it's offensive line and defensive line. Detroit happens to have one of the two best, arguably one of the two best offensive lines in the game. So they will run the ball, or they have the capability to run the ball, where Philadelphia really didn't, which will probably keep the blitz off, which will probably, as it does in every Lions game, open things up for Jared Goff. Um, I think that defense for Tampa looked a lot better than it'll look on Sunday. And from what we saw of Detroit, I mean, listen, Tampa Bay can't run the football, right? But who cares? Because all you have to do, if you can pass protect a little bit, drop back and wing it around. Matthew Stafford had a hand that was swollen to about the size of his head, and it was cut, and that's his throwing hand, and he still threw for 367 against that defense or thereabouts. So I think, again, that, that total, guys, has seen a push within the last 60 minutes, 48 and a half up to 50 in some places now, mostly 49 and a half. I think if you shop real well, as I look here at the Wager Talk odds screen, you can still find a couple of 49s, but perfect weather conditions because you're indoors. Um, the the Lions offense, the Tampa Bay receivers against that, to me it seems like it's just built to be an over, and Detroit should win that football game. Yeah, and so it, it lines up well for them, and it lines up well for San Francisco, and and mm-hmm. I guess for for from the Forty ers perspective, with you know Dallas getting upset and and the Eagles, I mean they were they were slight favorites, but we all knew the direction that the Eagles were going at that point. The, the, the Buccaneers uh, winning wasn't a huge shocker, maybe the way that they did was, but with how uh, I guess the futures are for 
the team that's going to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. I guess it just really drove up the 49ers' chances, but if there's any chance that the team on the other side, uh, whoever it might be, most likely the Lions, uh, in that matchup, is there value there still, uh, or, or does it depend on what we see from San Francisco this weekend? Well, you know what? The results are going to play a role in where the odds maker opens a number, right? And then we'll see where money drives it right away. Generally, it's not public money that gets to these games first on Sunday nights or Monday mornings. It's, you know, with so-called sharp money. So we'll see which way they drive it. But you're right, Andy. The results are going to play a big part in this. Um, but Detroit probably has <clears throat> somewhat of a chance, um, all things being equal, they're a better offense than Green Bay because they're a little more balanced um, and they're a little bit better defense than Green Bay because if I just look back, you know, I was saying this today on a different show. It's funny how guys or how people that follow football and bet football perceive total yardage. For instance, um, last week Dallas gained over 500 yards. If you mentioned that, you will immediately be told it was all garbage yardage because they were behind and they had to throw. And the counter to that that's conveniently used when 2020 hindsight is applied is, well, if you know the other team's going to throw and you have any type of a pass rush where the old phrase pin their ears back and got the quarterback six times, you know what I mean? It's, it's one or the other in every instance, and people just apply the one that, you know, suits their argument. I would say that it doesn't bode well for Green Bay that they couldn't get to the quarterback when they were up so much and they knew Dallas had to throw. And if they don't get to the quarterback here, they're in big trouble. Again, if you go back three weeks, you'll see they gave up 30 to Carolina. You'll see they gave up 34 to Tampa Bay. Before that, I think they gave up 24 to the Giants, three of the worst offenses in the NFL this year. And yet coming into this game, they have defensive linemen popping off about how they're going to pick off Brock Purdy. So I, you know, I don't know that Green Bay's is suited for it as maybe Detroit would be. The, the separation isn't much, guys. We're kind of splitting hairs between Detroit and Green Bay at this point. But I do, you know, if they can open up holes for Aaron Jones, then they've got a fighting chance here because you have to be balanced against the 49ers. But I don't think Green Bay's defense in any way, shape, or form is going to be able to stop what the 49ers do. Rob Vino of WagerTalk.com with us here on the Big Show KTGR. All right, Robbie, free pick time. What do you have for folks that can make them happy this weekend? You know, why, you know, why don't we go to football, guys, because the basketball card is so limited on Friday nights, um, and you guys don't have an NBA team there in Missouri, so we won't talk about NBA here. I'll go back to the football playoffs, and I'll just say that I think Baltimore and Houston – where they've driven that total to now, to 43-and-a-half, is a pretty good spot to step in and play over. 44 is available to you to cash. That's a key number. We just went over the, you know, the 27-17, 24-20. There's a lot of combinations that will get you to 44 and 45 as well. When those two numbers are open as a total is better, I generally look that way. I think Houston and C.J. Stroud can do enough in this game. And if Baltimore does come out, and play the type of offense they've been playing the back half of the season from the get-go, then this probably really gets over rather easily. So that's the direction I'll go here for you guys. Um, Baltimore-Houston up and over 43-and-a-half. I love it so much, Rob. Like, I could have seen that number at 47-and-a-half and gone, eh, I could see it. Like, I, I just have a feeling <laughs> we might see a shootout. I hope we do. Yeah, um, it would be nice. It would be nice. DJ Stroud's been phenomenal. 
it's been it's been fun to watch. Uh, that'll be one of the big ones to circle this weekend, of course. Uh, but everyone circling Chiefs Bills as well, getting set for that on Sunday night. Great to get Rob Vino's perspective from WagerTalk.com on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports, and you can find his uh, great work over at WagerTalk and read all of their stuff. Robbie, thanks for coming on. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me.